good morning everyone. It's um, lovely to have been worshipping with you already. I'm just sort of jumping out to introduce our speaker this morning, which I'm really excited about. But we're in the middle of a series of talks over some of the summer psalms. We're sort of just looking at the psalms, which are always a helpful example, I find, on how we approach a relationship with God. And the psalms are always there to sort of help us in how we might um, grow in faith and grow in our relationship with God. And our speaker this morning is Abby. Abby, I first met Abby before planting Bay Church. I went to visit a friend who had just planted a church in Cardiff, and I went, I went to lead worship there. And at, during the service, they sort of said, "Matt's planting a church in Torbay. If you're from Torbay, uh, or if you if you know anyone, let them know. Come say hi to Matt." And so after the service, someone um, brought I don't know if you came willingly or not, but someone brought Abby along to come and speak to me. Abby's a student at, at Cardiff studying there. And um, Abby just came and said, I'm from Torquay, and gave me like the rundown of like what Torquay needs, what Torquay needs, having grown up here. Um, and I and, um, recently Abby spoke at uh, Citizen Church in Cardiff, and I listened to the talk, and I thought, that's a really great talk. Not that you're giving the same talk this morning, but I thought it'd be great to, when Abby's back um, during out of term time, back in the Bay, it'd be lovely to hear from Abby. Um, your, your whole family's here now, part of the church, loving life. And so, um, Please welcome, as she comes to speak, Abby Marks. Can see you all now. You can see you down there. Yeah, like Matt said, uh, my name is Abby. It's so good to be with you. I've been with you most of the days of the summer, and it's been so good. You guys just have such passion, and you're so excited. I love it every time I come in. It's like, oh my gosh, we love to wait. I'm like, I love to wait. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, I really away. Uh, I've lived here for like 20 years now. So you're new or you're on holiday and you're like, where should I take my friend to eat really good food? I know the place, you know, I've got it. Um, yeah, my parents, Jan and Phil, they're sat over there. My mum is the lovely coral trousers. <laughs> um, yeah, they go to this church. My mum is Lush and my dad is the king of the barbecue. So if you ever want to grill with Phil, it's the <laughs> So if you ever want to grill with Phil, let's know. We'll have you over. And like Matt said, we are in the series here at Bay Church looking at the Psalms. I love the Psalms. Um, and it took me a while to figure out which Psalm to choose. Because there are lots. Matt's coming up to me like every week. I've chosen one yet. I really haven't chosen one yet. But I've chosen one now. And it's Psalm 139. So if you've got your Bible, or your Bible app, or anything that resembles your Bible, maybe. Uh, turn with me, and we are going to read. It's not all of it, don't worry. It says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light will come light around me, even the darkness will not be dark for you. 
The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Yeah, one bit more. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I'm still with you. Amen. So should we just pray before we begin? Yeah, Lord, thank you so much that we get to gather around your word today and hear from you. I just pray that we will come with open hearts, ready to receive what you want us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, for a little bit of context, this is a psalm of David, which means that it was written by a guy called David. I know, unbelievable. Um, if you don't know anything about David, David uh, was a guy from early on in the Bible. He was a shepherd, a bit of a scrawny kid, and he was asked to go out and fight a big giant. And everybody was like, you're going to lose, and he was like, no, I'm not. And they did lose, he won, and he became the king, yay. And we all love David. But you see, I love the psalms. Because earlier on in the Bible, we hear a lot about David's like physical journey. We hear about what he does, what's done to him, all of that. But in the Psalms, we really get to hear about David's story with God. We really get to hear about his journey of faith. You see, we did. We see David talk about the doubt and the anger and the confusion, but ultimately the love of all that he has for God. And in this Psalm, we see, we did, we see David speaking about some inescapable truths. And like I said, I grew up in the Bay, and I learned really two things about people who live in the Bay. I've learned more, but these two things are really great. Firstly, we love drama. We love it. We literally do. We can't get away from it. My street has so much drama. We genuinely think we've met this documentary. We've had fires. We've had, oh, I don't know, some things I can't even say. I can't even say anything all right, but another time. Uh, but we love drama, but the thing about drama, especially reality TV, which I, I'm a bit of a reality TV fan of life, is that it's actually not true. And you think that it's true, but it's really not true. And so the second thing that people in the Bay are really looking for is a bit of truth. You see, we live in this generation where it's all about like, my truth. You know, like, oh, I need to figure out what I believe is my truth. And actually, the, the, the joy for us to know Jesus is that we don't have my truth, but we actually have the truth. Because Jesus is the truth. And so we're going to look at three inescapable truths in this passage. And the word inescapable actually means that it's like undeniable, it cannot be avoided. And so these are undeniable truths, written down in a book, so you can trust these truths. And the three that we're going to look at are inescapable love, inescapable presence, and our inescapable identity. And so first of all, let's look at our inescapable love. I would really like to introduce you to two special people in my life. I really, honestly, most of it emotions my father and I. Uh, I love them a lot. I've known them all my life. We have like, this really, really special bond. Um, there's going to be a picture that's going to come up now. This is a thank you, boy boy. <laughs> Yeah, real names. Uh, I've had them since I was born. Blanky is obviously the blanket in the background, he's yellow. Both from MS, I'd like to say. 20 years old, these are now. And 
and then Kuiko is an elephant. Um, she's been stitched many times. Uh, she's called Kuiko because when I was younger, I used to suck my finger, and it made me need braces actually. Now. I used to suck my finger and I used to say, oh, goi 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 goi. And so she got the nickname goi goi. So we have blanky goi goi or blanky goi for sure. Um, in a quick mood. I love, I love blanky goi goi. I know I'm really exposing myself here because I am 20, I'd say. I am 20. I like to consider myself a mature person. I do. But I just love them. It's so irrational. It really, really doesn't make sense. I was speaking to, let me fill up the back. The other day I was speaking to one of uh, Matthew's children, if you know that, because he had his little teddy here, and we were chatting about how much he loves his teddy, how he can't sleep without it, and how he doesn't like it to be washed, so it's just not the same. And I was like, I feel you, but also I'm 20. <laughs> but I love them, and it's so irrational, and sometimes the God's love for us can feel a little bit like that. Maybe not, not quite like it, but a little bit like it. Because it doesn't quite make sense to us. Like it's that kind of love where it's like, you know, I know that these are not real. I'd like to make that clear. I know that they're not real, but I still love them. And God's love for us is a little bit like that. But He just loves us so much. We just can't quite wrap our heads around it. We can't quite explain why He loves us that much. You see, in the, at the beginning of the psalm, it talks about how God has searched us and He knows us. You see, God actively searches us. He actively wants to know us. Here's the thing. God knows the deepest, darkest parts of you. He knows the parts that you wouldn't want anybody else to find out. And yet he still loves you. That is an inescapable love. And it's difficult for us to get our heads around because we, we know human love, right? We know this conditional love whereby if we do something that people don't like, they cancel us, they cut us off, they abandon us. But that's never the case for our relationship with God. You see, God loves you no matter what. And maybe in your past, you're tired today, and you feel like people have cut you off because of something that you've done. Maybe they've made you feel like you don't deserve their love. That's never going to be the case for your relationship with God. God loves you. His love is unconditional, and that is his inescapable love. But you see, not only does God have an inescapable love, he also has an inescapable presence. See, his spirit is literally everywhere. Like I said, I went to school in the Bay. This is another one of my... Not, not, not really a proud moment for me, this one, to be honest. Uh, I went to school in the Bay, I went to school with Spires, if you know it, I'm sorry. Um, it's great, I love school. Um, but uh, when I was there, I kept seeing this boy in the year below, I was like, you know, I kept seeing this boy in the year below. I'd go to the top corridor, he'd be there, I'd go downstairs, there he'd be. I'd go to the other corridor, oh, there he is again. I was like, I think he's following me. I don't want to be that person, but I think he's following me. So I turned to my best friend at the time. I said, Lottie, I can see this boy everywhere. She said, oh yeah. Said, He's an identical tripler. There were three of them. I know, I know. And I Googled it, it's a true thing. You can actually get identical triplets. It's very rare, but there they were. So I'd like to see a different boy every time. But I thought I would see the same thing. Uh, you know, you live and you learn. But you see, God's love is actually everywhere. A posh word for it, a theological word for it, is that God is omnipotent, 
which means that he's everywhere and he's also no omnipresent, sorry, which means that he's everywhere and he's omnipotent, which means that he's all seeing and all knowing. And this psalm is massively alluding to that. You see, God's spirit is in heaven, it's on earth, it's in the kitchen, it's on the beach. It's in this church. It's literally everywhere. But the best thing about God's spirit is that it lives within you. God's spirit is both omnipotent, omnipresent, and yet it's transcendent. It lives within you. And this is the gift that is freely given to us, that we've got the spirit of God inside us. And I don't know if you've ever had a conversation like me. Maybe if you've been a Christian for a while, you probably have. But people say to you, how do you believe in God when you've never seen him? And normally I give the very cool answer. I'm like, this question's not for me anymore. I'm like, but the thing is, I don't see God, but I see the effects of him. And the joy for us is that we get to be the effects of the presence of God. I hear a lot out there about being culture carriers, you know, carrying a certain culture, but we're not culture carriers, we're kingdom carriers. And so when the spirit lives within us, we get to go out there and say, hey, look, this is what Jesus does to a person. And so when you go out there, you carry the spirit of God. And so maybe for you that means that when you go into the office, you're the one person who doesn't talk about everybody else in that office. And I know it's hard. I've worked for like nine weeks or something, it's hard. When you take your kids out and you're in the car and you're really stressed, you let somebody else merge in front of you in that lane and they're tourists. And it is difficult, so I know. So I also drive. Or maybe for you it's just saying please and thank you. Maybe for you it's buying some food for a homeless person. Maybe for you it's looking after your neighbour's children. But we get the privilege of being the effects of the Spirit of God. We get to be kingdom carriers. We get to show people, hey, look at us. Jesus loves you. We get to bless the bay. What a privilege, right? To bless the bay with the Spirit of God. And that is the inescapable presence that we have been given. And finally, we have inescapable identity. I don't know if you need to hear this today, but God created you. You might not know it, but he did. You see, David describes here how God knit us together in our mother's womb. It's in verse 13. And as you see, as God's creation, we must look to the creator for our identity. In the beginning, uh, there's a story all about, at the beginning of the Bible story, there's a story all about how God created the world, and then he creates this guy called Adam, and then he says, oh Adam, you can name all the animals. So God's like, what's this called? And Adam's like, it's a sheep. It's just called it's a seagull. Really? Um, what's your ice cream? Slaver in there. But you see, God actually defines humankind. He calls us humans. See, the Creator defines us. And if you have any conversations out there with any young people in the bed, or just any conversation with anybody at the moment, you'll hear this, this kind of tone in their voice, which is like, oh, I'm just kind of finding myself. You know, we live in this life where we're trying to find ourselves, we're trying to figure out, you know, what we like, what we don't like. And actually, I believe that true identity comes when we stop searching for who we are and we start searching for whose we are. See, our boldness and our confidence comes from not knowing who we are, but it comes from knowing whose we are. 
It comes from allowing our Creator to define His creation. We are children of God. We are crafted by the King. But you see, David here, he also says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And that, that phrase can be like thrown around by a lot of church. You know, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I love it. But what does it actually mean? Well, you see, the word fearfully means that we are made with respect. It means that God took care when he made you. And the word wonderfully means that you are unique and set apart. And there's nobody like you. So to be fearfully and wonderfully made means that you were made, that you were uniquely made with respect for a set-apart purpose. And that's the truth that God wants you to hear today. See, like I said, creation must look to the creator for its identity. Because it's a busy world out there, right? <laughs> Everybody's trying to speak into your life, trying to talk to you, tell you who you are, tell you what you should be doing. And maybe today you're sat here and some people have spoken some things over you that just aren't true. Maybe you've been told that you're not worthy of love. Maybe you've been told that you don't look good enough. Maybe you've been told that you're too fat, too thin. Maybe you've been told that you're a disappointment. I remember when I was in the internet, somebody told me that I had really hairy arms and I just never quite got over them. But, you know, it's part of it. But maybe, maybe today, you know, some people have spoken, seriously spoken some things over you that have really knocked you down. Maybe they've told you that you're not smart enough, that you're not good enough. Like I said, that you're a disappointment. Maybe they've told you you're not spiritual enough, you're not good enough for Jesus. But today, that's just not true. God is encouraging us today to let go of those things and instead focus on what he says about us. And he says that you are crafted by the King that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you know, I'm on social media, and uh, I love social media in some respects. I love an Instagram reel, you know, like a, or a meme. Christian memes sometimes, obviously. They can be, they get me. <laughs> but I also understand that social media can make me feel a little bit rubbish about myself. And sometimes yes, it's with body image stuff, don't get me wrong. But also sometimes it's when I was sat at work, I was working as an activity leader for a language school, so I was looking after like 60 kids. And I'd just be sat there, you know, like playing volleyball with them. And I'd go on my Instagram, and all my friends would be out living their best lives. You know, I had a friend in Greece, a friend in Budapest, you know, all these fun things. And it started to make me feel like I was inadequate. And you see, it's not just with things like that. Instagram mums. Right? They make me feel inadequate. I'm not a mum. I'm about to say, I'm really not a mum. But they make me feel inadequate about how I parent my non existent kids. Because they, the whole time it's like, oh, I got kids down by six and then I managed to make some fresh pat, I don't know what they're making. But they managed to do it all. But you see, God really doesn't want us to feel rubbish about ourselves. God wants us to, to stand boldly. In the, de- in the definition that he gives us, the identity that he gives us. And that is that we are crafted by a king. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so our past can define us, and our present can define us on social media, but also our future can start to define us. Uh, I'm finishing uni this year, this is my final unit. And then please pray for me. Right? <laughs> have to be real <laughs> No, but whenever I meet people, they tend to say, oh, what are you doing with your life? You know, that tends to be a question. 
what you do? I said, oh, I'm a student and I'm in third year in theology. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do after uni? And I go, I don't know. I've got the new phrase there, but I'll let you see there. The phrase is, I'm setting the call. If you say that phrase, they count on you with it. They're like, I'm setting the call. It's like, oh, oh, I'll let you do that. <laughs> no big deal. But you see, life is also a little bit like this. Like, I feel like when you have a baby, you often ask the question, I'm oh, just thinking of another Or when you move house, you often ask, you know, you're going to do up your kitchen. Or you're going to think this is your forever home, whatever that means. Um, or you get a new job and people say, do you think this is the career for you? Do you think this is for you now? Do you want a promotion? Or do you want this? Or when you go on holiday, the best one is when you go on holiday, sometimes you can get a cheaper holiday if you book it whilst you're still on holiday. Because we're constantly concerned about the next best thing, right? The next phone, the next holiday, the next house, the next job. And actually, we begin to let we're doing in the future define us. But you see, it's actually time to stop. Because our past doesn't define us, our present doesn't define us, our future doesn't define us, but our God defines us. And God says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are crafted by a king. See, one uh, scholar once wrote, our bodies are an extraordinary work of art by the greatest artist of all time. And that means warts and all, insecurities and all, my hairy arms and all. <laughs> they are all part of a wonderful piece of art made by God. You see, God loves you. And we are his creation, and so we must look to the creator for our identity, our inescapable identity. And you see, God created us, he knows us, and he loves us. And we cannot escape these truths. You see, the God that created the entire universe knows you and loves you. You see, the God who is everywhere is also with you. And the God who made everything good, he also made and God wants you to live in this truth. I love there's a song that we sing here. I don't know if people know it. But um, there's a bridge. I don't really want you thinking for this talk. Because it says, uh, when you speak, you bring life. You do away with all the lies. Like, Jesus, nothing can compete with what you said. And you see, lies, they are told to us. They are spoken over us. But God is the truth. And so whatever people have spoken over you in your life, whatever they have said to you in your life, it is gone today. Because these are the truths that Jesus speaks over you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are crafted by a king. You are loved. You carry the spirit of God inside of you. <coughs> So God is inescapably true, but the best bit for us is that God actually wants relationship with you today. He loves you so much, he wants to know you. Amen.